Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into His Word. Let's jump right into today's message. Hey, we're in part seven of the value system of Jesus. I do want to welcome those of you that are watching online or those of you that might be listening on our podcast. It's an honor to have you. We count it a privilege each week to speak to you wherever you might be in your car, wherever you are. Hope Covenant, would you welcome our online viewers and listeners this morning? Thank you. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, we would love for you to visit and we'll make you feel right at home. The value system of Jesus, part seven, blessed are the peacemakers. I am super, super pumped about this whole series where I'm part seven. I, I swore I'd never do a series longer than four parts, but this one has nine. But this is so good. You know, I, I was talking to some people this week, and I said, what, how, how has this series been going for you? They said, it hurts so good. It hurts so good. And basically, this is taken from, this is called the Beatitudes. This is taken from the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus preached a, a message about values. That's what this is. And so I just titled it The Value System of Jesus. And uh, it's incredible the meat that comes from, I believe, nine of these values. Some scholars say there's eight. I've been saying every week, I believe there's nine. And so that's why there's nine parts to this. And uh, it, this series, it hurts so good because it's really a dying to flesh and, and, and getting into the spirit. It's really what Jesus is teaching us here. This is really a, a nail in the coffin of us as self is really what this is in these values. And I want to tell you this. I want to take a break from the notes and just tell you this this week. The warfare that has been against me as your pastor, preparing this message proves how needed this is. I cannot tell you. In fact, last night I was telling Liz, I went to lay down, and I, I had this thing where my heart was fluttering, and it was skipping beats, and it was doing weird things. And I, I got up, and I went in my office, and I shut the door, and I said, Lord, what is going on? And he said, you're speaking about being a peacemaker tomorrow, and you're experiencing warfare. Don't worry. Go back and go to bed. It's going to be okay. And so I did that. But I want to encourage you that I know that this message is on point by the, by the attacks that I've had this week. And I want to encourage you to really tune into this because I believe, how many of you know the word of God is living and active? How many of you know there's a God that's here right now in the midst of us that wants to speak to you right where you are? I want to encourage you, this is not just another Sunday. This is a Sunday where there's a divine appointment where God wants to speak to you and forever change you that you can go and take this. Remember, we want to know God. We just did that during worship. We had an experience. We encountered God. We want to find freedom. That's what this message is going to be all about today, finding freedom of things that rob your peace. We want to discover our purpose, which happens in the presence of the Lord, where he reveals to us the things he instilled in us. And then we go out and we carry this to other people and we make a difference. How many of you agree with that? You're excited about that. So this series is really all about, again, getting out of the flesh and getting into the spirit and taking on the character of Jesus that he describes in these Beatitudes. I want to review the past weeks of this series. We talked about the first one was, blessed are the poor in spirit. And we dissected that. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Last week we went over, blessed are the pure in heart. Today, blessed are the peacemakers, 
for they will be called children of God. And I want to explain that. I want to dissect that this week. That's our focus today. The value of peacemaking was extremely important to Jesus. This, this is the seventh value, and seven is a really important number in Jewish culture. It's the number of perfection. That's what seven means. It's the number of perfection. So Jesus really had a focus on, I mean, he's focused on all of them. But this one, there, there's really something important about this that I want you to cling on to. And in Jewish culture, peace is the highest ideal of life. Who can agree in 2021 that we could all use a little peace in our lives? My Lord, it's been a heck of a two years that we've been through, and it's amazing. But I want to say this, guys. We were created for this moment. This is not a moment to be a victim. This is a moment to recognize that you're a victor and what Jesus instilled in you, the purpose of you being here right now. You were created for a purpose, on purpose, and it's for this moment, and I want to encourage you with that. I want to dig into what are we looking for when we reference this thing called peace, when we refer to peace. Are we looking for peace in all the wrong places? Is peace the absence of conflict? No, it's not. It's not the absence of conflict. Is, is peace the absence of stress and anxiety? No, it's really, it's not circumstantial. Is, is peace a day spa? What is peace? <laughs> is peace a massage at, at Massage Envy? What is lasting peace? What is this thing? And how do I find it? How do I unlock it in my life? Can I tell you, you can't be a peacemaker if you're not a carrier of peace yourself. We always focus on blessed is the, is the peacemaker, being a peacemaker. But we're, if we're not at peace ourselves, how can we carry this and be this and create this atmosphere for somebody else when we don't possess this ourselves? See, that's not taught when you just read this verse in, in, in Matthew, this chapter, when you just read it through, you would never pause to think that. Jeremiah 6.14 says, peace, peace, they say, we're, when there is no peace. I mean, like, we're going through that right now. You look around and you're looking for peace, but if you look at society, if you look at politics, if you look at the things that are going on right now, if you look at the vaxxers versus the non-vaxxers, the maskers versus the non-maskers, they're like, you're looking for this thing, like, where do I find peace? Can I find peace in people? No, I can guarantee you, you will not find that. I'll tell you that as a pastor. You cannot find that in people. How about people that like me? No, you know what? We'll all disappoint each other at one point. That's in scripture. So, like, you can't find this in a person. Peace is found one way. You know where I'm going with this. Peace is never found in the absence of. It's found in the presence of. In other words, I could try to get rid of these situations that rob my peace, but even that won't give me peace. It's found in the presence of. That's why I encourage you to dig into a place of worship where your spirit can rest and be at peace. Is it because the music creates that atmosphere? No. It's because the anointing, the Holy Spirit, comes and he breathes on us and we encounter God. And that's where peace is found. That's where it's found. We are filled with God's presence and that's where true peace is found. Here's the biblical word for peace. It's the word shalom. You're probably familiar with that. In fact, there was a series, I think it was on whatever network it was on, Shalom in the Home. Anybody remember that series? It's peace in your house. The word shalom means wholeness. And I want you, if you're taking notes, to really write this down. Wholeness, completeness, fulfillment, inner rest, and living without deficiency or lack. 
I want to really hone in on the word wholeness. When we are whole, when we are, we are experienced. Liz, what did you say the definition yesterday? You said wholeness. I loved it. Nothing missing, nothing broken. I love that definition of wholeness. It is impossible if you are not whole to be at peace. Impossible. You'll never find it. You go, well, where do I get whole? You get whole in his presence. When God does surgery, when you open yourself up to where the Lord can do a surgery on your heart, that's where wholeness is found. When you look at the word peacemaker, it means you not only have, but you are at peace. But then you also go and you make and you create it. It means to do. Peacemaker, to do. This is an action. This is a verb. This, is, this, is, this it requires an action on my part. In other words, I'm not only finding this place in God's presence, but now I'm carrying it. I've told you before, a Holy Spirit doesn't want to be contained. He wants to be like a river. He wants to move through you. Not a stagnant lake, a river. He wants to flow through you. He doesn't just release himself to you so that you can, you, that's why we do that whole know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and then make a difference. It's like, this is not just for you, but you were created to impact others. Peacemaking, I want to say this, is very different from peacekeeping. It's very different. You go, I, I find myself in the position of being a peacekeeper. Well, that in and of itself can you keep you from peace too, and I'm going to go there in just a minute. Peacekeeping is about avoiding conflict. Like, let's don't upset the apple cart. That's what peacekeeping is. But biblical peacemaking is very different. Biblical peacemaking is very different from peacekeeping because it often comes with conflict. And it confronts anywhere there is lack. God calls us to step in in our wholeness and confront that lack of peace with his truth. I want us to read that again. It causes us to confront the lack of peace with his truth. In other words, I told you last week that there are times we just need to confront the enemy and say, you're a liar. In the name of Jesus, shut up. When we start ruminating, we start the word ruminating. It's a psychological term. The psychologists use it. It's a medical term. When you start to ponder and you start to think and then you start to encourage anxiety and you start to fear because you go over the situation again and again and again and again. Can I tell you that continuing to think about it won't change it? But when we release it and we get into the presence of God and we make our requests made known, something happens, something shifts in our thinking. And oftentimes it's that is not our thinking. We get beyond here and we get into here and we connect with God vertically and something shifts. When we make peace, we are then in Matthew 5, 9 called children of God and we live blessed. I talked about this word Macarius and it's talking about it's beyond just happiness. You have the joy of the Lord. You're at peace when you live these beatitudes and these values of Jesus, which is only found in his presence. Every one of these has a common, similar trait. It's found in the presence of the Lord and only in the presence of the Lord because we can't deal with our flesh any other way but in the presence of the Lord. You go, I don't have the ability to overcome the way that I act. Yeah, you do when you're in the presence of the Lord. I have this quote, we are never more like God than when we take the wholeness and the completeness we have into a world that desperately needs it. And here's the question of the day. How are we going to take peace into the world? And I've got three points. This is not a long message. I want to encourage you to take notes on this. How are we going to take peace to the world? Number one is we experience peace in our own hearts. 
We can't give what we don't have. How does the Bible say we can access peace and shalom? We must experience peace with God. We must understand that God is the source of all peace. In Romans 5, verse 1 to 2, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. Man, aren't you grateful for that? Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserving privilege I thank God for the undeserving privilege that we all have. Where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. You know, it's amazing to me how much confidence I lack when I'm outside of the presence of God. And it always amazes me how much peace I get when I'm in the presence of God. The band watched me deal with a little bit of an issue during our sound check went way longer than it usually does and I was frustrated and I was experiencing a lack of peace because my monitors were acting stupid. It was simple. It shouldn't have really gotten me, but it did. I'm going, something's, something's not right. Something's not right. And it turns out it was just a battery in my belt pack. It was that simple. But I said to Liz when we were in the car, again, just anything that could possibly rob my peace coming at me, coming at me. Why? Because I'm speaking on this message. I'm telling you, warfare is real. It's okay to acknowledge that I'm dealing with warfare as long as you understand that you're the conqueror and you will overcome. It's okay to understand that. In fact, it's good to identify when there's something in the spirit that's attacking you, that's robbing you from your peace, and rebuke it in the name of Jesus. So Liz and I did what we do when we lack peace. We got in the car and went to Starbucks, the place where peace is found. How many of you know Hebrews? It's scriptural. It's in the Bible. It's a whole book. I'm just I'm sorry. That's bad theology right there. But so we went to Starbucks, and I said to Liz, I said, Liz, I just need you to lay hands on me, and I need you to rebuke whatever this is that's coming against me, and I need you to pray peace over me, and she did it, and the presence of God dropped in that car like that, and it changed everything. The band even likes me a little bit more now that I'm in peace. Because of God, we experience peace inside of us. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, don't worry about anything. How many of you know that's really hard? Yeah, when you're in the flesh, that's really difficult. Don't worry about anything. But my checkbook says X, and I have bills to pay this week. Don't worry about anything. There's somebody that I know that's really not doing well, and I'm really worried about them. Don't worry about anything. I'm sick, and I'm not well. I have a relative that's sick, and I'm really concerned about their health. Don't worry about anything. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. My car is broken down. i got to get to work. Don't worry about thank you choir instead pray about everything in other words all the time that you take ruminating and getting a lack of peace go to god in prayer tell god what you need and thank him for it like it's already done like he's already done it that's faith believing in things you don't see and walking in that confidence before you see it can i tell you how hard it is to be confident when you don't see it Y'all are going, you're telling me, like this guy knows more than me. I know what I'm dealing with right now. I'm believing God for my spouse. I'm believing God for finances. I'm believing God for that promotion. Don't worry about it. Just take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Leave them there. Leave them there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. I cast all my cares upon you. Remember that song? I lay all of my burdens. Sorry, the worship leader in me can't stop down at your feet. 
And anytime I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you. Do you know how good it is when you're dealing with worry and a lack of peace? To start singing and declaring that to the Lord. I don't care if you have a good voice or not. Do it in the shower where ain't nobody can hear it but you and God. Your voice is pleasing to him and your ears need to hear you declare things of faith that change the trajectory of your situation when you're obedient and you confess it. Y'all are not amen in me this morning. Check this out, verse 7. When you do that, when you take it to the Lord in prayer, and when you don't worry and you just give it to him, then you will experience God's peace. Verse 7. Which exceeds anything that we can understand. In other words, your mind is like... I don't get this. How is this all working out? Well, you took it to the Lord and you left it there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. I got a little gospel right there. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live. In other words, as you dwell in the Lord and let it go and trust him. Wow. Yeah, his peace will dwell in your heart. We can see in this verse that God is the source of this peace. I want to give you this quote. When a problem causes you to lose peace, don't hurry to resolve the problem in hopes of regaining peace. But first, regain peace and then see what can be done about the problem. Can I say that again? Because it's really profound. When a problem causes you to lose your peace... Don't hurry to resolve the problem in hopes of regaining peace, but first regain peace and then see what's done about the problem. In other words, this is not circumstantial based on the problem being resolved, but the peace of God goes beyond our circumstances. Can I get a witness? There's three ingredients in that verse that we just read in Philippians 4, 6 to 7. And by the way, this Thursday corporate prayer, we're going to do this. These three ingredients, we're going to practice these this Thursday. And I encourage you to be here. The first is there's prayer, which is communication with God. So that's why I would encourage you to be a prayer. That made sense. Petition, boldly and specifically laying it out, laying out the ask, and then keep going. In other words, just keep asking and keep going there. Just keep letting God know, hey, I know you got this, Lord. I'm just throwing out that petition and thanking you that it's already done. That's why when we do corporate prayer, we have an organized corporate prayer where we go through certain things that we need to pray for. And then there's thanksgiving, which is where faith is applied. That's before I ever see the breakthrough. I thank you in advance, God. You've already done it. We must experience peace in our circumstances. And I think sometimes, guys, when we're walking through challenges, God is testing us in this to see if we're really going to live it. And he's watching when you're dealing with a situation. He's watching to see if you could be this carrier. John 16, 33 Verse 33 in the NLT, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me here on the earth. Here on earth, you have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, I've overcome the world. You know what? That, that verse can both be encouraging and depressing all at the same time. It's like, I've told you, you can have peace in me, but hey, check this out. You're going to have problems. I just want you all to know you're going to have problems. Why are we taken off guard when we have problems when right here it says, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Like we we know we're going to have problems, but we also know Jesus is not falling off his throne just because I have a little problem. Trouble and circumstances should push us towards God. And I want to break here before I go to the next point and say this. I've been telling y'all, I'm trying to finish this book called The Fourth Chair, and it's 
When I lost my brother and I looked at the fourth chair, we finally sat down as a family to have our first meal together. And there was an empty chair there. And it was, it was ripping my heart out. I felt like I was going to die at the table. I rem- I'll never forget the emotion. All, all three of us sitting there, mom, dad, and me. And we're missing my brother who passed away. And God told me very specifically, it's where I had one of those audible moments where I heard the voice of God and I'll forever, I'll forever never forget that moment where God, he just spoke to me so clearly and he said, you can either run from me or you can run to me. And when I made that decision, I walked away from that dinner table, y'all, I was ticked off, even with God. But I made the decision, I got into his presence and I said, Lord, I'm going to run to you and I'm going to trust that you're going to heal me and you're going to take care of this situation. Can I tell you the effect was not immediate? It wasn't this poof, magical moment. It was amazing hearing the voice of God audibly. That was really cool because I've only had that a couple times in my life. But it was a process of walking out my faith. And it didn't happen immediately. And I want to encourage you, when you're dealing with a circumstance, there's going to be a process of walking this out where you trust God. But you do it. And you keep trusting and you keep trusting and you keep trusting till you get the peace that surpasses your understanding and it will come. Number two, how are we going to take peace into the world? We extend peace through our lives. Peace is described in Isaiah 66 as a river. I talked about this two seconds ago. That it's not a lake. In other words, a lake is a body of water. It doesn't move. It just sits there. It can get stagnant. It can get mossy and moldy and nasty. But a river is running. In fact, the cleanest water that you'll find is from a river. It's the cleanest water you'll find because it runs over the rocks and it's just, it's active. Active water is clean water. Can I tell you something? An active saint of God in spreading the message of the gospel and peace is a clean vessel before the Lord. He loves it when we go out and we do something with this. This isn't stagnant, but it flows out from us. On 9-11, when the towers were about to collapse... There was a group of people that were running towards the building and running into the building while everybody was running out. Remember 9-11 when the Twin Towers, we saw they were hit. And the firefighters were charging the building and running in and going up as high as they possibly could to rescue people. They were laying their lives down on the line. If we're peacemakers, we need to run into those situations and create peace. Run into them like a firefighter. Can I ask you a question in the world today? Are you carrying peace that's so contagious that you're running into chaotic situations to be a carrier and demonstrate the peace of God? Like 9-11, that tower is getting ready to come down. In this nation, we're experiencing turbulent times. Are you running into where you can comfort others with the peace that you carry? You have peace that goes beyond your understanding, and you understand that this is for a purpose. The world is on fire, but we are called by God to run right into it and be a carrier of peace. We have to stay focused on the real issue and know that the enemy is the enemy of peace. Jesus said in John 10.10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Those are the words of Jesus. So anytime you feel that lack of peace, be careful. Be on guard. We've got to see others through the eyes of Jesus. And Genesis 1, verse 27, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. You know, this one got me. Because 
if I understand that the person that's lost, that knows nothing about Jesus, and they're a jerk, if I can see them through the eyes of Jesus and understand God created them, he created all mankind. How many of you know that? Every heartbeat that's beating in every chest, that person was created by God. Are we seeing people through the eyes of Jesus? Because I can tell you, if you do, if you start to see people through the eyes of Jesus, that will create peace in you. Because when you're jacked up and you're ticked off and you want to knock them out, listen, it happens. Just drive around Charlotte. Go on 485, I promise you. That'll be a great moment for you. Or 77, even better. And then those two lanes that are totally pointless, you know, bless the Lord. God bless whoever created those. They're going to charge us $5 to run on those lanes. God bless them. You can lose your peace when you look at just something simple like that. Something simple like batteries in a belt pack during sound check. The enemy's he's, he's waiting. He's trying. Do we love people the way that God loves them because we see them the way that God sees them? If we don't have God's view, how are we going to demonstrate his love and his peace? We must spread peace by living at peace. Martin Luther King Jr. said, be the peace that you wish you would see in the world. In other words, just be this, exist this, be this. Own it, put it on like a jacket. John 3, verse 18, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Wow, reap an entire harvest. So we just need to sow and plant seeds of peace. Gentleness and kindness are great seeds of peace. Broken people are usually understanding people, and I want to go here. If you've been through something tragic in your life, and God's bringing, he's brought you to a place of brokenness, you can understand the turbulent situations, and you can understand coming out the other side and having peace in the middle of what you don't understand, and you don't even feel like you can get out of it. But you can have peace in, that middle, in the middle of that situation, and through that brokenness that God creates in that situation, you are now a carrier of peace. It's amazing how that happens, how character develops that. Gentleness and kindness are they're great seeds of peace. When you have somebody who's a Republican or a Democrat and you have an opposing view, a view gentleness and kindness, it's amazing what happens when we demonstrate that. Broken people are usually understanding people. Understanding people usually create atmospheres of peace because seasoned and tested people tend to spread that. And then the third one, how are we going to take peace into the world? We evidence peace to our world. How do we as a church collectively evidence peace to our world? In Matthew 5, 8, it says they will be called children of God. That means we show the evidence, which is why we are called that. We show peace, which is why we are called children of God, because it's a godly trait. And this is one of my last verses right here, John 17, verse 22 to 23. These are the words of Jesus. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. This is a marriage. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Can I tell you, that's why I, I'm, I'm so big on this, guys, and we're trying to be a book of Acts church. We want to see Pentecost. We want to see a move of God. Are you with me? We want to do that. How do we get that peace as a corporate body, as the church? We dwell together in unity. 
The Lord loves unity. It attracts the presence of God. It attracts him to show up and show off what he can do when we unite, when we agree to disagree and we have peace amongst each other and we come to that place. We've forgotten the art in this nation of not canceling somebody and agreeing to disagree and saying, I can love you. Let's go out for ice cream. That's cool. That's your view. Okay. We've lost that as a nation. We got to bring back the ability to agree to disagree and just find you. It's a choice. It's a decision. It's not an emotion. It's a decision that we make. If you're led by your emotions, you will lack peace. If you're led by the spirit, you'll gain peace. I love that. You will know, they will know that you have sent me and have loved them as much as I have loved, as much as you have loved me. This is talking about the Lord loving us. In the midst of the world's craziness and disunity, the best way we can exemplify Christ is through unity, which brings peace. I want the world to say that Hope Covenant Church is just a little bit different. The people of Hope Covenant, they're patient, they're kind, they're joyful. The people at Hope Covenant, no matter what happens, they just jump to prayer. They just petition. They just ask God, but they carry peace no matter what goes on. Guys, as a church, remember A.W. Tozer, a scared world needs a fearless church. We got to be in that place of confidence in God because we're at peace and we go, you know what? I'm going to just lift my hands in the air and wave them like I just don't care. There's craziness. There's chaos all around me. But in the midst of this moment, I'm going to get into the presence of God. I'm going to find peace. And no matter what turbulent situation comes, I'm going to thank you that you're the king of kings, that you're the Lord of lords, that you have every situation covered. You've got the whole world in your hands. Nothing catches you off guard. Can you get Get excited about this this morning. We are never more like God than when we take the wholeness and completeness we have into a world that desperately needs it. And I want to pray and I want to encourage you with this this morning. I want every eye closed. This is just a moment between you and God. If you're lacking peace today, I want to just ask you, I already did this during worship, but I want to ask you to lift your hand if there's an area, any area of your life where you're lacking peace, I want to encourage you to just lift your hand. And I, I want to tell you this. The reason why we do this is not to embarrass you, but it's you're saying to God, I'm lacking. I need you right now to come and hover me in the middle of the situation. I need you to hover me in the middle of the situation. Can I tell y'all, I got my hand up and I'm preaching this message. There's, there's, there's areas in my life right now where I'm like, God, I, I need you. Without you, I, 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 I can't. I just can't. I can't. I need you. And can I tell you, that's a great place. He loves when you get to that place of surrender where you say, Lord, I need you. God, I pray for every person that's watching online. Sir, ma'am, that's sitting in your house right now, maybe you're in your car, maybe you're wherever you might be. I don't know where it is, but I want to encourage you that the God of peace can come and visit you right where you are. In the most busy place possible. You could be in a mall. You could be in an airport. It doesn't matter where you are. God can reach you right where you are. And he'll breathe on you when you surrender. Father, I thank you for peace that goes beyond our understanding. And I declare right now, I release the glory of the Lord and your peace and your presence over every family, over every situation in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. 
that this would be a week where we would operate in your peace, that we would encounter your peace, that we would encounter you. If you believe that, would you just shout amen and put your hands together? Yeah, thank you so much. Guys, I want to encourage you, if you're lacking peace, ask the Lord to release his peace over you this morning, if you believe that. Lord, we just thank you. We seal that in Jesus' name. We just shout amen. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc, and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.